everyone, and welcome to episode zero of Repertory Screenings. I'm your host, M, and with me is my co-host, Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. Hello, Kyle. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this is a new movie podcast on the Unreal Mapping Network. This is our episode zero. We're just going to introduce ourselves briefly, tell you what we're doing. We watch movies, uh, specifically old movies, as in stuff you're not going to find in the theater. Old is like our big range of movies. We could pick something from 100 years ago. We could pick something from last year, whatever. But we're going to try to find things that are available somewhere on the internet to rent or, you know, uh, whatever. However you want to get movies in the year of our Lord 2018. As Kate uh, Beaton says, old is balls. Wait, is yes. that not appropriate? Should I not say that? I, I don't care what you say. Okay. <laughs> it's your podcast, too. Um, so, Kyle, why don't you tell people who you are uh, since you are new to the network, or you haven't been on an abnormal mapping podcast in years and years. Years and years, which is the name of Ollie Ag- Alexander's British pop trio band, which I can't tell if they're good or not. Like, their music is very sticky, in a, I, in I, don't know, I don't know if this is a bit or a real band. It's a real band. Like okay. they're one of their most recent singles. I'm sorry for getting off track. Is called Sanctify. And it's basically about being a sub, about being a bottom, which is less interesting than the Choice of On song that just came out. You can cut all of this out. This is nonsense. No, no, no. So <laughs> we're not editing this. We're literally just like me and Kyle getting together, having a conversation, doing this first podcast to get it up on the iTunes feed. Um, the audio quality is dodgy because we're just using the Skype recording call. Next time we will have produced audio and I'll do a little editing. This time you get what you get. So thank you for listening to this episode zero. Kyle, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Kyle. Um, Em and I have a long history, actually. We have been interacting in Internet Pals since I was in high school. Um, and we used to do a podcast called Trashback Ratio. Um, but uh, now we are coming back in style, back uh to basics as it were um i am a freelance writer uh film and cultural criticism um i you can find my work um primarily at paste magazine and i've also been writing for places like the village voice slash film um slate other places that i don't remember because at some point when you freelance you forget your life and i think i think being, I think, freelancing and forgetting what publications I've been writing for has been um, making my face blindness worse, but more publication blindness at this point. Um, when I first met you, I met you on Tumblr because we were part of Film Tumblr when that was uh, a thing. Yes. Um, and I was writing for my WordPress blog, which is now defunct, but does exist on the internet if people wanted to seek it out. Uh, you could just ask me on Twitter or something. I'm not going to put that in this podcast. Um, and we struck up a friendship. And now you're like a big deal film person. You're like the real deal. Yes, time has flown. Um, I never expected to be where I am. I live in... I, I, um, em and I met when I was still living in Connecticut and I was going to school in Connecticut. Um, and then... Um, I have since moved and am based in Brooklyn, New York. So uh, I'm really fulfilling that dream of um, gentrifying Brooklyn uh, as a millennial. Fair. Yeah. Actually, in reality, I live in Park Slope. So uh, that place was has been gentrified since the 1950s. So I um, don't feel as if I need to take personal responsibility. I mean, as a millennial going into Park Slope, you're probably the one bringing like property values back down, right? hey I don't know what anti-gentrification is, but that's you. You're doing it. I don't know. I have become more insufferable with my speech patterns since high school. 
Okay, that's fine. It'll be great. You're just doing a radio show, so I'm sure everyone's going to love it. <laughs> hey! Yeah, but I'm really excited. It's uh, it's good to be um, doing something and working on something with M again. Um, it's been so long. You and... know what I did? You know what I did in the intervening years between us, like, hanging out all the time and now? What? I didn't watch movies. <laughs> Why didn't you watch movies? I know you made the switch to video games, but, like, that takes so much time. It does take so much time, and I mostly, I regret it, but I don't know. I was really burnt out on movies, Kyle. Like, I was trying to get gigs, and I didn't want to just be, like, a film blogger, and I didn't want to, like, move to a city where I could go see early stuff, and, like, reviewing was never my game, and I don't know. I just never, I never wanted to make the commitment and then burnt out really hard on doing what I was doing, right? And are you burning out doing video games is that uh, no no because i'm not like going around trying to pitch or anything i'm not writing regularly like the fact that i do podcasts instead of writing is the reason i am surviving and not just a wreck at this point mm-hmm. um but i did spend about like four years not watching more than like a dozen movies any given year and all of them were something that was like new in the theater so it was like marvel trash or whatever that hurts my soul a little i know bit. i know i'm sorry but i'm back on it like me and my partner are having regular movie nights, and uh, we, talk, we talk about those like more casually on our uh, weekly show, Your Faves Would Never. You can find it on the Abnormal Mapping Network, abnormalmapping.com. Um, and I- I'm excited to watch movies again. It took like literally five years, but I'm back on it. I'm like, yeah, movies are great. I love them. They're exciting. I just don't go to the theater anymore, is the it actual It hasn't answer. been that long. The last trash pack ratio was like two or three years ago. Sure, but even then I wasn't really watching movies, right? Like... Remember when I would watch, like, ten movies a week? That that hasn't been that case in, since 2013. Oh, well, I mean, I don't recommend that for anyone. No, but I overdid it, and I burnt out so hard it took half a decade to get back on the horse. My gosh. I don't yeah. recommend watching more than two or three a week for anyone. Uh, you have things to do and life to live. Yeah, no, that's the thing I've learned, which is podcasts to record. <laughs> that, too. Yeah, which is which is basically life, but it's turned into content, so it's the best kind of life. Late capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> late capitalism. So we're going to be doing a monthly show, much like Emerald Mapping or other shows, where we come every month and talk about some movies. We're going to each pick a movie. I think that's how we're going to go right now. Format is subject to change, of course. Uh, the, we just wanted to do this podcast to bring up our first two movies so you get a chance to get a hold of them if you want to watch them. Uh, and then probably early June, we will be back with episode one where we talk about those movies. Uh, Kyle, do you want to tell people what the first movie you picked was and maybe why you picked it? The first movie that I picked, uh, we originally planned, um, yes. originally, <clears throat> Emma originally brought this idea to me, um, right before the holidays. Yeah. And... Like no- October, November. And then my life really blew up for a couple months, which I understand have sympathy and empathy for. But um, I'm still interested in, in making M watch this. I chose a film called The Christmas List, which is a, a, a Fox family TV movie starring Mimi Rogers as a woman who is in her 30s and and single. Her mother very much in the the convention of like slightly sexist ways of how we negotiate single femininity in, in the U.S., um, in the world. Her mother's worried about her. Her friends are worried about her. And she really wants to succeed at her job. She works as a perfumist at kind of a department store, at a department store. 
Um, and someone suggests that she should write around the holidays her own Christmas list and, and send it to Santa. And so she does. She sends it to Santa. And then her wishes start coming true one by one. And I'm, I'm, it is one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. Um, I, I want to use this opportunity to figure out why that is. Um, the other favorite Christmas movie that I have is Ingmar Bergman's Fanny and Alexander, which is five and a half, five and a half hours long. But I think both of them kind of intersect at this understanding of the, of the holidays as, um, a time where people certainly have ambivalent feelings about family, about love, about life, if if those things are not necessarily um, in a status or in a, in a, in a place where it's uh, of complete joy. Mm. So uh, that's my movie. Yeah, the benefit of this is you can find this movie in its entirety on YouTube. If you check the show notes, I'll have a link for that. Uh, so you can just watch that for free. It's easy. I want to know what I want to know what Mimi Rogers is up to these days. Um, well, I'm on IMDb. Let me click and find out. Uh, she is on a TV show called Bosch. She has been on since 2014. It is seemingly still running. Oh, good for her. So that's what she's doing. Television. Seems like she does a lot of TV right now. With like she's all over the place. That's good. I'm, I'm happy for her. Um, and, uh, then my movie, uh, which does not have a great story about it, uh, but I am picking the 1972 musical Cabaret, uh, directed by Bob Fosse, uh, stars Liza Minnelli. Um, I just picked this cause I've never seen it and, uh, I'm tired of like sitting on a bunch of movies that I haven't seen that I really want to see. So I'm going to use this podcast as a good excuse to eat some of my vegetables and watch some classic film and get back in it. Maybe this time you'll be lucky. Maybe this time you'll stay. Uh, I love that movie. I assume that's from the movie, so... <laughs> yeah. well, you, do you not know any of the music? No, no, no. I, I don't know anything about... Like, I know of it. Uh, I know roughly what it's about. And I'm. I, that's it. That's kind of the extent of my knowledge. Wow. I, I know. This is exciting. Cabaret is one of my favorite films of all time. It was very formative for me as a young person. Um, I was into musicals. I'm still into musicals a, a bit. I'm going through a Sondheim phase right now, but um, the the music of Kander and Edward was really big to me as a, as a kid. I really loved Chicago, and I really loved Cabaret. And it makes me think, retrospectively, that my mother almost almost curated me to become like a queer person because she showed me all these like musicals and movies about drag and whatnot. Took me to Provincetown. Uh, okay, I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, I mean, that's a, that's a bit ish. Okay. Do you have? But it's still you, true, right? No, I I'm mean, not concerned. Yes, it is true that she showed me these things and like took yes. me to those places. I think it was just her way of exposing me to the things that she loved, the culture that she loved, which I'm thankful for. My mother and I have a very complicated relationship, which is documented in Lady Bird, 20th Century Women, and I Killed My Mother. So if you are interested in checking those out, that's a good understanding of our dynamic. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think that's it. I think we're just going to call it a short one because it's a short one. I'm so um, bad at this. I'm, I'm very rusty. 
No, it's fine. It's fine. We'll get we'll get up to speed. Um, if you want to send us emails, questions about these movies. Oh, by the way, Cabaret isn't streaming anywhere, uh, like on a service, but you can just rent it for cheap. Find it however you find movies. Uh, as I tell everyone, be safe. Use a VPN if that's the way you want to go. Um, and that, that's that's it. That's how we're gonna find things. We're not stick. We can't stick strictly to streaming in 2018 because Netflix is not what it used to be. Let me tell you. <laughs> Uh, we would never have movies to pick if I had to pick off Netflix. Um, that is true. That's quite sad. This Filmstruck, I, bl- I think Cabaret was once on Filmstruck. Okay. I don't think it is currently. Never mind. Ignore me. Oh, I don't know. I, I, You know what? I checked like back in December, I think, and it wasn't, but that might be, have changed. Or maybe I'm misremembering. Be uh, safe, kids. Yeah. Use a VPN. Um... If you have questions, like I said, you can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. We have a website, of course. Uh, you can go to uh, repertoryscreenings.com and find the show. Uh, this should be on iTunes. If you are not listening to it on iTunes or another commiserate service because that's up there, something went wrong. I'll figure it out by next episode, probably. It's always a crapshoot with getting your podcast onto the podcast services. Uh, Kyle, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at tyl. E-K-U-R-N-E-R, Tile Kerner, because I'm a very original person. Um, and you can find my writing all over the place, primarily Paste Magazine, uh, sometimes The Village Voice and Slate, and um, once Teen Vogue. Um, but you can find my uh, portfolio um, at tilekerner.tumblr.com, which is the only time I use Tumblr now. Okay, and uh, you can find me at ema underscore being on Twitter. And all of the shows, of course, are are at abnormalmapping.com. Thanks, everyone. See you in a couple weeks where we watch some damn movies. Hi, everyone. I'm here. Immediately after we were done recording this episode zero, me and Kyle started talking about Lady Bird. Uh, I thought it was actually pretty interesting, so I'm going to uh, just put it at the end here. So no outro music this time. We're just going to go into the little bit we talked about the movie, give you a little taste of the kind of stuff we'll be doing. Uh, A little more informal than you would uh, get. Um, but I thought it was good. Uh, I'm glad that we just kind of segued naturally to talk about movies. It bodes well for the podcast. Thanks everyone. I will see you next episode. Um, I saw Lady Bird like last week, the week before that, me and Destiny watched it and it's good. Um, I have this weird thing where like, um, I, I don't know. I don't know if you listen to your faves with never with me and Destiny, but, um, occasionally, so I have this thing with these movies where like coming of age stories now where I just look at the kids and I go in three years, you're going to be a different person. So like all you need is a hug and like to chill out for a second. Uh, and I mostly identify with the parents problems. What? Yeah. That's just who I am now. This is interesting. I'm old. I just, I, I don't know. Like her angst, like even by the end of the movie, she has like worked through the angst in the way that people do as they grow older. Right. Like, so the, the like heightened sense of drama that she has around her life, like even she sees it for what it is by the end of the movie. And that's like the good thing about the movie, but it's, it's hard for me to invest knowing that that's how that goes for being a teenager on sometimes. Okay. Um, that's valid. Yeah. I think you're wrong, but that's valid. (laughs) Why am I wrong? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I will grant you that I generally do not sympathize with teens, and I find teens annoying. I find people annoying, really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I don't like coming of age stories for the most part. I don't think they're very interesting. I, I actually agree with you a little bit. Um, and that's why I, I don't watch like high school movies for the most part or high school or, or shows that take place during high school with the exception of being of scum, which is this Norwegian show, um, teen drama. It's kind of like if Andrew Haig directed Degrassi um, or Skins. It's really good. But I think so often teens are whiny and annoying. But I think Lady Bird struck me um, because of how thoughtfully and how um, viscerally the relationship between Lady Bird and her mother was illustrated and kind of the frustrations and anxieties that Lady Bird has but doesn't really want to admit that she has, um, which is which she compensates with for have which she compensates for by having like an outsized amount of confidence even though she's very average yeah so i like that and i like i'm not saying i'm not saying i didn't like it i'm just saying like i look at her and like her like the movie like most of the bulk of the middle of the movie is about her suffering with her lot in life and i'm like you're you, you will be fine you'll be fine she doesn't know that she'll be fine. No, I know, but it's it's such a weird thing for me. Like, um, like the movie wants you to be in the headspace and sympathize with her, and I do. I understand. Like, I feel sorry for her. I remember being that person, but I also know that that person just ceases to exist at some point. Like, you just grow out of it. And so, like, watching her like fixate on the like all like her and her mother's fights and how upsetting they are. Like, yes, her mother is like a problem and can be overbearing and controlling and weird but also the way she thinks of yes and but the way that she thinks of her mom is like so strange to me because i'm like i look at them i'm like you are the exact same person and i get why the friction's here but you're going to love her in like four years is that what you would have told me when i was her age no but you're you're one okay it's two things one you can't tell someone in that situation that they're going to grow out of it like that never helps even if it's true they like no one can hear that right like you have to get to it yourself Uh um two it's not the same situation right like not the exact same but i think there are a lot of similarities mm -hmm. like if tracy letts were dead then (laughs) then it would be closer yeah, and, like, you can't compare such a thing, and I know your situation, and it seemed a little harsher. Like, the things you've described to me has always seemed a little harsher than the stuff that's in Lady Bird proper. Yeah, a, a little harsher, but I'm mm-hmm. I not so... I don't think they were so far off. I mean, there was more there was more screaming and a little, a little bit more uh, physicality, as I guess, but um, I don't know. I am very, I'm very taken with Lady Bird and very struck by it. Have you seen I, Francis Ha? Yeah, no, I saw that when it came out. Okay, and it's good. Then, and like, okay, I, like good. I said, I didn't dislike Lady Bird. It was just, it was just a weird sensation. Where I realized that like I no longer see myself in the kids. I see myself in the parents, and that felt really weird. Interesting. That's so interesting. Um, I don't know if it's just a function of where I'm at right now in my life, or if I'm just getting older, or if I, like just a phase <sighs> I will grow out of, or what. How old are you now? Like thirty. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Okay. Wow. I could I could reasonably have a teenager, right? Which is the, the most upsetting thing to possibly comprehend. M as a parent with a teenager. Yes. <laughs> I'm broke, but I'm happy. 
Is it ever?